What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to episode three of the Cards on Ice podcast. Uh, I want to thank everyone um, so far for the positive feedback and everything I've been getting so far. I want to maintain a more consistent schedule for sure in uh, recording this, but hopefully we can uh, I can get some podcasts to you, and I'm trying to line up a few guests of mine as well to come on and join me so it isn't so much of a rant cast. Um, for episode three, I really just wanted to talk about, I know I talked about comps in the last episode, but it's something that obviously is, it drives the hobby and it moves, you know, it moves cards, it doesn't move cards, it makes deals happen, whatever. Um, obviously whatever I say on here isn't going to change how things are, uh, but I hope that maybe it can change your perspective or maybe way of thinking of things, um, sometimes. The big thing I really wanted to get into first is the the Beckett book. And it, if you're a boomer in the hobby or if you're like an old, you know, style collector, um, this segment is probably going to piss you off a little bit. Um, I think the Beckett book no longer has a place in this hobby. And that's going to trigger a lot of people, a lot of older collectors. They really go by this Beckett book. But guys, like, give your head a shake. Um, I was recently dealing with someone at a card show and they had their Beckett book and they were trying to look up everything in the book, um, to give me their terms of an accurate price, right? In the time that it took them to look up everything in the Beckett book, it took me, I would say less than half the time to look up on my phone. You can pull up 130 point, you can pull up eBay sold listings, you can pull up, um, there's a few other sites as well that work really well, Card Ladder, or uh, if you guys use Market Movers, obviously everything like that works really well. And it gives you a more accurate reading of what the card should go for, or it should give you like a ballpark of what you should be paying. And like I said in the last episode, comps aren't the end-all be-all. It's not something that like, well, the last comp is 43, I can't pay 50 you know, like, it's not that. Like, you don't always have to match comps. If you're in the same ballpark or if you're close, like, you know, get a deal done. If you're if you're paying a dollar or two more or five dollars more or whatever, you like the card, you like the card. Like, make it happen. Um, but this, the Beckett book is, like, is something that I, I don't understand why we're still using. Like, why, why do we still have a place for this in the hobby? Um, especially for, you know, cards that are like ultra modern, like stuff that's traded on, you know, a daily or a weekly basis where you can easily find, you know, a a price that someone paid, you know, last week or yesterday or, you know, last month even, uh, it's a more accurate way of just figuring out kind of what the value or what the current market is like for this card. The back of book comes out what once a year, twice a year, maybe something like that. I know PSA has their own copy. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's the PSA magazine for February. Um, I'm currently looking at, and all the prices are powered by Card Ladder, which is good because it gives a more accurate kind of result. It's not in depth like the Beckett book is. It only has like for hockey is one page long. It's not even a page. It's like less than a page because soccer cuts into it. Um, but it gives you like you know some uh, some bigger names I would say uh, of mostly young guns. Or, you know, really old sets like, uh, you know, 51 Parkers and stuff like that. Um, but it, again, it gives you a good idea of what it would go for in either a PSA 9 or a PSA 10, which doesn't help people when they're selling raw cards because people who use this book don't have PSA 9s or 10s usually. They have raw cards, right? <clears throat> 
Um, again, anyways, to to work with this this dealer who used the Beckett book, it was fine. I mean, you can let him look up costs, and it was you know if you want to work like that, that's totally fine. It's not my it's not my place to judge you how you look up the comps of your cards. Um, I just know that we're going to get a deal done if you're close to what the actual market says. And if you're way off, then it sounds like we're probably not going to get a deal done. Which, again, is how I normally go through things. If if I ask you about a couple prices and we're close, usually we can get a deal done. If you're asking $400 on a $200 card, then, you know, there's no chance, right? We're just too far off. And and then I just, you know, it's, it's not even worth talking to dealers or getting into stuff like that like how did you price this because it's it's not worth the hassle um so don't don't try and be a, a superhero out here don't try and like well actually um the card here says that it goes for 435 um on pwcc like don't like dealers don't care they really don't most of the time it's it's you know guys who do this for fun or whatever um i was at a card show two weeks ago three weeks ago now and uh, I won't say which card it was, um, but the last comp of the card was at 93 Canadian. So just under 100 Canadian. I was even willing to pay a little bit more. I was willing to pay up to like 120, probably around there, because it was a fairly low numbered card and it was something that I wanted. Um, it was something that obviously it doesn't comp much because it's fairly low numbered. It's a shorter print. Um, it's autographed. It was, you know, something that I obviously had had wanted. Um, so I asked the dealer, I said, you know, you don't have anything stickered, which again, I absolutely despise dealers. Please put stickers on your stuff. It makes the, you know, whole negotiation a lot easier. I can look at the table and I can realize what I want, what I don't want. Um, and it just, it, it, it saves me time. It saves you time. Just sticker your stuff, just price it or give it a ballpark. Just say like, you know, put up a sign and say that everything is negotiable, um, and then, I don't know, sticker some stuff, comp it, and if it's off comps, then be willing to work. Anyways, this card, 93 Canadian. Uh, it sold at the time, I think it was like, I think it was two or three weeks ago. I think it was, um, you know, fairly recent. It was with, The comp was within a month. Uh, so the card isn't going to change too drastically. Again, short print, so there's nothing, nothing else available other than that one sale. And I was fairly confident that that was pretty accurate. And like I said, I was willing to pay a little bit more. Uh, pick up the card, ask the dealer, hey, you know, what are you looking to get for this? And he says, 350 And I didn't even know what to say because I, I wasn't going to, again, I felt like telling him, like, listen, like, this card is worth maybe $100, maybe a little bit more to the right buyer. There's no way you're getting 350 Like, if you're a dealer and if you're paying the money to set up at, at a show, and you're you're spending your time on the weekend or whatever, and you don't do the due diligence to just comp your cards or to just have like a ballpark. Like I said, even if he was high, if he was at 150, it would be something where I could meet in the middle with. I would tell him, you know, last one did 93. Could you get any closer down there? He says 130. I say 120 and we get a deal done or whatever, right? If you're coming out of the ballpark, if you're coming right off the bat at 350, so you're you're more than three times what it's what it last sold for. Like there's nothing I can do for you. There's, as a buyer, there's nothing you can do. And I don't know if on if it's on dealers if they're just there to just hang out and not sell anything. 
uh, but you're really wasting your your cost to set up there if everything is just overpriced and you don't want to move anything. Um, it's you know it, it's one of those things where it's just like it's frustrating as a buyer because you want to work with these people, and if they aren't willing to take the you know thirty seconds whatever it takes to comp their cards or or, or just sit down for an hour and just put stickers on stuff. And even if it's a month old comps, like at least you're going to be in the ballpark. Right. And then we can work. Right. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, if you are crazy high, it's, it's never going to work out. Um, and going back to the, the Beckett book thing, uh, again, this, this dealer, it, at least the Beckett book would provide you a, a a ballpark a rough ballpark it would get you in the same you know area code <clears throat> as comps do um but again you, you just can't work with someone who just like kind of makes up their own prices and and that's ultimately i guess what i hate more than the beckett book is when dealers pick up a card they go oh this looks nice um let's call it 500 and you're like, okay, this is this is like a hundred dollar card. Like, you know, some people just, I feel like they just make up their own, their own prices. They just have no idea, and they just like, they're just shooting out in the dark to just like try and get five hundred. And I don't know if they're shooting high because they want to try and bait people into getting that, or they just think that people don't know. Um, but I mean, come on, guys. Like, if you're a dealer and if you set up at shows please do your research on prices or, you know, get in the same ballpark or things like that, because there's nothing more frustrating than a buyer. There's nothing more that makes me want to walk away from your table when I pick up a card and you tell me that the price is three times more than what the card is actually worth. Because I just know, like, I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting your time too, because clearly you don't want to sell anything. You've set up here to to showcase off your cards and then you might as well just put up a picture or a sign that just says, my table's a museum, um, please don't ask for prices. And you know what? If you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to set up at the Sports Card Expo and, and be a museum, you know what? That's fine. Whatever. It's, it's, it's your money. But don't waste any, everyone else's time you know, asking for prices. And there are guys who set up at the at the expo, and and it is a museum. Like there's guys here that wa- that walk in, they spend their you know x amount of money. I won't I won't say how much it is. They sit there for four days on the weekend. Um, they sit there from Thursday all the way till Sunday. Sunday all the way to the very end. Um, some people even fly in, and uh, they sit there and they don't they don't move a single card all weekend. And I don't know. I I just don't know. I just I can't imagine being a a dealer with a museum. Um, I I always go to sports card shows, and whether I'm a buyer or a seller, I want to make something happen. If I go somewhere and I I take time out of my day, I want to make the trip worth it to me. Uh, going somewhere and then just being a museum and then setting up and you know sitting there for five six hours and then taking it all down and going home with the same things that you went there with. Seems like a waste of time, money, um, resources, whatever. Uh, so, dealers, give your head a shake. Let's let's do better for these the sports card shows in the future. Um, if you're still using a Beckett book, please don't use a Beckett book. Look into you know a site like One Thirty Point. Look into how to find eBay sales. Look into Card Ladder. Look into Market Movers. 
look into there's a hundred like maybe not a hundred but there's lots of different you know resources and ways to find comps and what cards are actually going for and it's really not that hard and it's free too um i have an app on my phone called center stage center stage is a great app because you can just you can point it up to a card and it will show you what it last did or what you know one of the more recent comps of that card is and it doesn't you don't need to know the title of the card you don't need to know what it is you can just basically take a picture of it the app will find the card for you and it'll find a recent sale to give you a rough idea something like that is honestly perfect and a lot of people need to know about you know things like center stage things like 130 point things like card ladder etc um and if you're not using these sites start using them because they provide you you know a better resource as a buyer and as a seller uh it makes everyone more informed right uh which is it's good it's awesome it's uh they're great resources most of them are free besides card ladder and market movers and if you want to pay that you know subscription then then have at it um i think they're they're all great resources and they all can uh can educate you know everyone in the hobby and make it a better place um anyways that's my rant about the back of book i'm sorry if you if you love the back of book and you were offended um i really i apologize um the Beckett book it i know it had a place and a, a time in the hobby and i just think there are better resources and better tools with technology that we can use these days that aren't a you know a magazine um and i again i i like the Beckett book i liked it you know back in the day it was cool to you know, look up things like when I was, you know, when I was a teenager um, and I went to the States and I didn't have a, you know, phone to look up what cards went for at the time. Um, and the store that I was at had a Beckett book and you could look up and give a rough idea of like, oh, this is worth this much or whatever. You know, it's cool, right? Um, nowadays, we all have cell phones. We all, you know, can can find a better way. Okay. Dealers, buyers, find a better way. Um, the next thing I guess I wanted to talk about is, um, I mean, card shows in general. Uh, I, I, there's a lot coming up with the with the weather getting better in Canada, and I'm sure in the states too. There's card shows all around. Um, please do your best to get out to a card show if you enjoy this hobby. Um, you are missing out on a good half the hobby if you don't go to local card shows. You're missing out on those connections. You're missing out on, you know, meeting people, uh, you know, like I said, those connections and, and following other people on, you know, Instagram or Twitter who are close to you, who collect, who are, you know, who PC this player or whatever, right? You're missing out on trades. Uh, trading online isn't really the same as trading in person. It's nice to just go and just, hey, you collect this person. Are you interested in this? Maybe we can work at a trade. I really like this. There's nothing like trading in person because then you just like, there's no like, <clears throat> there's no, you know, scamming. There's no, you know, anything like that. Um, it's just, you find the card that you want, you trade and you have the card 30 seconds later. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And card shows are great for that. And I think if you, if you haven't gone to a card show yet, or you're hesitant to go out to shows, I think it's important to, to just try it. I mean, a lot of shows, you don't have to, don't set up, just just go and walk the floor and go take a look and see what the dealers have around you. And you'll find out, you know, what people are interested in around you. And you'll find out, you know, who, who people collect and, and how they value their cards. 
and you might even find a couple deals or a couple you know things that you like um i i watch a lot of youtube content and and the trade-up challenge is something that's huge like you see these kids i was at the expo in the uh the fall the toronto uh, expo for those listening and uh, i set up there usually and there was a kid there and he had to have been like probably seven years old and he was doing a trade-up challenge and it's like that's awesome like it's cool to see these kids who go to these card shows and start with a $5 card and end the day with a $40 card. Um, it, it's it's interesting. It gives opportunity to to all ages in the hobby. And it's, uh, it's really cool to see. And, you know, I've made the best connections I have in the hobby with people at shows. I mean, at the expo, we usually chat with our neighbors. You're sitting there for, you know, 8, 10 hours the whole day. You usually strike up a conversation or two with the people beside you or the people across from you or whoever. And it was really cool. Last spring, we, you know, we met a guy from from Winnipeg behind us and he was like just an incredibly nice guy. He let us, you know, uh, put some of our cards, you know, at his table and put some of our stuff in his like kind of lockup box there. Um, And it was like super nice of him to like offer to do that. Uh, and then we got him lunch on Sunday. We we ended up buying him lunch and, you know, uh, just as a, a way to say thank you. And we still keep in touch. I have his business card. I have his website. I follow him on Instagram. Um, one of the nicest guys that you'll you'll ever meet in this hobby. Um, again, we met a guy from from Buffalo uh, who was kind of across from us. He, he had to leave for a little bit. So we watched his table. Um, just stuff like that, right? Where you can just kind of meet other people, see what they collect. You know, everyone has a story in this hobby, and it's 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 more than just the buying and selling of cards and collecting. It's nice to know other people's stories or how they got into it or what they collect or where they're from. Um, you wouldn't believe some of the people, like the guy from Winnipeg, he drove from Winnipeg to Toronto, uh, which is a crazy long drive. I think you said it was something like 16 hours through snow and through slush and everything else, and he had to carry, like, or not carry, but he had to load up all of his cards in the back of his car uh just to come to the toronto expo for for the weekend and it's it's stuff like that that makes you you know appreciate collectors and makes you appreciate other people in this hobby and it's something that is really cool how people can you know find a find a common ground in this and you know learn more about each other and i if you're missing out on trading trade nights and if you're missing out on card shows you're you're really missing out on the full experience because buying cards online is one thing but you're missing out on the the personal level and that's my that's my rant for card shows and and honestly what i was trying to get to earlier is trade night every card show has a trade night usually you can go to trade night afterwards and again work trades right that's what it's there for you go in you say you know i'm looking for this person whatever there's no big, you know, companies or whatever. It's all just people. They're just, you know, looking to trade, looking to move something else to get a cool card or something they they like. And that's the that's the beauty of trade nights. That's the beauty of of card shows in general. And uh, I highly encourage you to go because there's no there's no expectations at a card show as well. You can walk in there with 20 bucks. You can walk in there with, you know, 2000, you can walk in there with 20,000 and there's a range and there's, you know, there's stuff for everyone at this show. And if you collect, you know, $2 cards, there's a spot for you. 
the dollar box is often the best place to find, you know, steals. Um, at one of the more recent shows that I went to, I think I put like a $30 card in my dollar box just to, just to see. Um, there's oftentimes, I think, well, there was a, I mean, I've heard countless stories of people, you know, who, who know their stuff. They go in, they find a dollar box and they find something really cool and they turn a dollar into $40 just like that, or a dollar into $20. And it's really not that hard to do, uh, especially at big card shows like the sports card expo. Uh, usually one of the best things to do on that Thursday or Friday is just go through dollar boxes because people, they're looking at showcases, they're looking, you know, to see what they want to get into for this weekend. And you can just sift through dollar boxes and find literally the best, you know, cards to, you know, turn a profit for if that's what you're into. Or you can find, you know, unique stuff that you're looking for for the PC. Uh, you may not find, you know, this online or you might not find it, you know, wherever. Uh, but it's in a dollar box and it's just it's waiting for you know someone to pick up or a collector to to snag um, someone who I watch on YouTube card collector too he he's notorious for it like this guy has a card shop in Ohio and he he makes awesome content and he sifts through dollar boxes and that's where he finds you know the best stuff like that's where he finds his you know Donnie Nicky PC and stuff like that so it's it's cool to see um, I highly encourage you go to a card show because there's really no, there's no barriers. There's no, you know, it's, it's usually free to get in, or if it's not, it's a pretty low cost. It's usually worth your time to go. Um, and then, like I said, make those connections, make, you know, make an impact. Say, you know, I have an Instagram too, like give me a follow, you know, I'd love to do some trades, whatever. Um, introduce yourself, open up to people. Um, and if you're at the Toronto Sports Card Expo in April, Definitely come say hi. Tell me that you listen to the pod once or twice. You follow me on Instagram. You're in the Discord. You know, whatever you're, whatever you're interested in, whatever you do. Um, I always like saying hi to, you know, people who have, you know, come across, you know, my content or my community in, in the sports card hobby because it's really cool. It's, it's cool to see, you know, that face-to-face -face interaction of, you know, someone who, you know, is in your community. They know who you are, right? And I, I like to put faces to names. I've met some of the nicest people in my Discord community. Uh, they've come up to my table at card shows. Um, just this recent show, obviously, I, I always offer to like, you know, I can hold your bag at my table and you can come back whenever and like grab your bag again. Um, you know, things like that, right? Where we can just kind of like connect and, you know, have this common ground of, of cards and, you know, community and putting faces to names and, Everything like that. Like, you, you honestly meet the nicest people in the world at card shows most of the time. Again, I'm speaking, like, 90% of the time. You will find, you know, those people who, you know, are, are maybe not into the, the social aspect or, you know, or I always use the term sharks in the water. And they're just there to, you know, find good deals or whatever. And they don't care about, you know, who you are or what you're about or what you collect. And... <clears throat> I mean, those people, obviously, you can't, you know, reason with or you can't, you know, be their best friend. And that's fine. And you will never be those people's best friend, right? You will, you'll never, you know, you'll never be best friends with them. But, but find those people who are willing to make genuine connections and are willing to, you know, go the extra mile for you or, you know, willing to trade even, you know, just do something small and, uh, and connect with other people in the hobby. And I think that's really important to, uh, to do as a hobby. So we're coming up again on about 25 minutes. I think I want to keep these episodes, especially by myself, um, under about 30 minutes, I think. So I'm going to stop the 
the pod right around here. Uh, so this is episode three of Cards on Ice. I think next time around, I'm trying my best to get a guest for episode four or five. Um, we'll see. I'm really trying to get the the guy that I, I set up at shows with, although he's hesitant to do you know, anything on the pod. And then I'm also trying to get a few of the people who I can connect with in my discord and things like that. Some of my friends to hop on the pod as well as some, you know, some businesses and some other kind of, you know, people who are interested. Um, I'm definitely trying to get into who are into the card space to, you know, find out their story on the, uh, on the cards on ice podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in episode four.